Welcome to 1000 Miles to Light podcast radio program. Now, we are here today with, uh, it's probably better termed as Mo, Lou and Curly, but in actual fact, we have some rather special guests uh, from the US and from Australia. We have, uh, well, how would you put it? You have the, um, he, he needs no introduction. It's uh, Dean Carnazes from the USA. Ooh. So there you go. That's wonderful. <laughs> and we have uh, Madame Katie Visco, fresh out of quarantine um, yesterday. And uh, no intro from you. You're very quiet. Normally you're not quiet. Give us an intro. Hi, everybody. I'm very excited to talk. Y'all. No, that's you, Gordo. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and well, y- y- there is a saying in Australia, you have to be careful of the quiet ones. And we have, uh, will you introduce yourself? Hey, guys, it's Greta Truscott from Sydney or the Northern Territory. Northern Territory. We'll, we'll start with you. So Northern Territory is, well, there's a lot of empty space out there. Is that, is that why you started running? Yeah, I was riding horses and running in creek beds, the Fink River near Hermansburg out of Alice Springs. So that's where I grew up doing School of the Air. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, for people that aren't aware, uh, Fink has probably one of the greatest desert races in the world, uh, very similar to the Baja 1000. And it is literally in the middle of nowhere. I mean, what was it like growing up in such a sparse area? Beautiful. It's such a magic area of the world. Uh, it's just stunning living there. Uh, very isolated though. Um, a lot of kids to play with there, Aboriginal kids and a few white kids. And But uh, it did feel kind of in the middle of nowhere, but the waterholes and the amazing scenery and the bush, it was, you just don't get that anywhere else. No, it's true. And do you, do you think that that was probably... Uh, what inspired you to start running longer distances to either escape where you were or, or immerse yourself? Yeah, well, I always felt a bit lonely, so I would just always be walking and running out in the bush and even to school in the community there. And uh, I, I had a lot of injuries growing up, falling off horses and motorbikes, and so I was always very injured. So I actually uh, only really got into running in my 20s after I had a knee operation to fix my knee. So they build, uh, for, for people that might be listening overseas to this, they build Aussie chicks super tough here. Right? They're pretty unbreakable. Uh, and Greta actually typifies this. When you, when you think about running, not a lot of people think about ultra running. Um, what was the shift that took you from being a, a, a regular runner to an ultra runner? Seeing how far you can go, how far you could push yourself, it's going those longer distances that really <clears throat> show you who you are and uh, test yourself. So I just really want to find what I can achieve with the longer longer runs. And I'm being inspired by so many of the people around me, such as Dean and Katie and Sam and Pat. And yeah, so I've got a lot to learn from these guys. So what is it going to feel like when you actually beat your legends? <laughs> well, who knows? Is there going to be an underdog out here? An untested sort of... I yeah, who knows? It's, it's a mystery. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, Dean, uh, the listeners will know, obviously, of your career. They'll know of, uh, of, of your achievements. This is quite unusual because from all the research that I've done, you've never actually done an ultra relay race against another country. I've done a few ultra relay races, but never against another country. Yeah. So what, what, what came into your mind when you heard about this? I mean, take me through this process of you going, oh, wow, I mean, this is, this is what it's all about. You know, the original vision from Pat Farmer was to run across Australia, and that really appealed to me. So it was 5,000 kilometers from uh, Perth to Byron Bay, and then um, COVID took over the world, and, uh, and it got more confined from there. But I just was into the whole idea. I thought it was uh, very innovative. Um, the idea of running you know, 5K clicks back-to-back -back, uh, over 100 miles uh, was different and I liked new challenges and meeting new people and uh, you know Australia is kind of a second home to me since I used to live here and I thought let's get these Yankees down here and crush some Aussies yes <laughs> <laughs> Does, you mentioned the 555 and and the way um, Deidre Hopkins who was on an earlier podcast brought it up is we're actually running 80 races from a from a runner's perspective especially ultra, ultra running it's kind of ultra running, but it's sprint running. I mean, how, how does that fit into what running actually is in this sense? Well, <clears throat> the, the closest uh, analogy I have is I run, I've run this 200-mile race. It's a 12-person relay race, but I've just run it solo. So I've run all 200 miles solo. And then I did it with a mate as a team of two. And it was harder with a mate because <laughs> we were exchanging every about every 10K we were exchanging. And it was... I thought it was way more brutal, and I thought this could be an interesting way to, to test me. And holding back initially, I think if you go out too quickly, uh, you're going to pay a price later on. So finding the right balance of um, constraint but still, uh, you know, moving along is going to be an interesting challenge. And I, you know, it, it should be fun and a learning experience for all of us. Is it a shift from mental to physical then, or is it still more of a mental battle? I think it's a little more tactical this sort of format than a typical ultra marathon. A typical ultra marathon is, you know, it's 50% with your legs and 50% with your mind. I think here it's a little more strategic as well. Yeah. One of the quotes you mentioned in, um, in, in most of your books is, you know, you get asked a lot, how do you run an ultra marathon? And you just say, well, you just don't stop, but now you're stopping every 5k. Um, with, with that in mind, is this something that could potentially get people into running and then into ultra running? It's certainly a little more approachable format, you know, because it's, it's in bite-sized pieces, but it's still a formidable task. So um, I think it's a good entree, but as far as like the main course, you know, you're always going to want to run 100 miles nonstop. One yeah. thing I want to bring up as well is, is you're, a, you're very, very uh, astute when it comes to nutrition. And a lot of the times when I've, I've uh, covered ultra events, whether it's running, cycling, expeditions, multi-sport races, it's nutrition that lets people down. And I know a lot of people are very interested in your take on nutrition, but how, again, that will change for the shorter bursts of a relay perspective. Yeah, I always say with nutrition, listen to everyone, follow no one. 
but there's I don't have a precedent to follow with this particular event. Um, I know that when I did the 200-mile race as a two-person team, the biggest problem I had was gorging myself after my leg because you're just like, I'm done, I want to eat, and, and then come your next leg, you're just full and your gut is like rebelling. So holding yourself back, especially if there's a lot of good food available, and especially now in the format where we're, we're not moving um, you know, from point to point, essentially, we're just kind of doing a, a loop course, and you'll come back to a lot of food facing you down. It's going to be a, a, t- a test of nerves. <laughs> and, and and obviously this is this is a podcast, and you can't see Dean, but it looks like he hasn't eaten for a long time. So you know the, I mean, a lot of people would say that are looking at ultra running, that when you run those distances, you can eat whatever you want, and that's a misnomer. Yeah, you can eat whatever you want, but should you eat whatever you want? And I think that. Um, for me, it's about longevity. I mean, I'm kind of, you know, moving along in my career and I want to preserve myself. And to me, that means taking in healthy food. It never used to be that way. I mean, I'll never live down the story of ordering a pizza one time when I was out on a, you know, an all night run. But uh, those days are over. Maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. And we, we can't talk to Dean without um, having a chat about your current book, uh, which is, uh, again, it's a little bit different to your previous, your previous books because there was a lot of... Um, analogies, um, morals, uh, and, and pieces to take away. This, uh, I explained to people is if you'd written a diary during a run and you printed it, uh, what was the, what was the approach that you took? Because it's very, it's look, it's refreshing. It's different. I mean, what was the uh, approach you took with that? Yeah, I think I looked a little more inward with this book versus outward. I thought, you know, I've already told about these incredible adventures I've been on. You know, I've run on all seven continents of earth twice now. And I thought, Look inside yourself and what have you learned? What can you share with an audience and can you make it pleasurable for someone to read? I mean, I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to live up to the title, A Runner's High. Like, can you give someone a runner's high from reading about someone else, you know, getting a runner's high? So I'm excited. It was a number one bestseller now in Australia. So I just looked on Amazon and um, it's doing really well here. Yeah. Yeah, And and so it should. We love good stories. Um, Katie. It's really hard to follow up Dean and Greta, but I left you till last because you, you seem to have an unbounding energy. I mean, you've run across this country. You've done a lot of running. Um, to Australian males, we are in awe of the fact you got your husband to follow you the entire way across dragging all your stuff, and that's a world record. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I love life. And I love people and I live on this planet to really get to the heart of who someone is. That is me. I am here to just look somebody in the eye and say, who are you and why are you? And so that's me. And everything that I do, whether it's big or small, will get to that heart of why I exist. And so it just gives me a lot of life. And you you talk about like energy. I think from the soul and from like a deeper level, I would agree with you, but from a physical level, I'm human, just like everyone else at this table. So, yeah. Do you ever have lows? I definitely have lows. What are they like? Yeah, definitely have lows. Oh, the lows are mostly about self-judgment. For example, after finishing running across Australia two years ago, I thought that, you know, after that run, it was kind of a magnum opus for me in the sense that I had been dreaming about it my whole freaking life. And so what do you do after you accomplish your thing that you've been dreaming about your whole life? And granted, I had done a few things before that, like a decade before, kind of a big thing. And But this was like a 
big, deep down soul search pilgrimage thing. So how do you come down the mountain like that? And so you have all these high expectations of yourself that personally, I've had high expectations of myself my whole life. But how do you manage those? And how do you keep those self-judgment thoughts in bay? Like, oh, you should be doing more with your life. Like, you should be inspiring more people. Like, you should, you should, you should. And so that, that was a challenge, and that's typically the theme of my lows. But, but to, um, to give you credit where credit's due, Henley, your husband, then decided, yeah. I'm going to basically try and break a record myself. So mm-hmm. there, there's no perception of ego, and you decided, okay, it's about a sharing relationship. I'm going to support him because he supported me. I still don't know how he did the whole thing on chili dogs, but... Uh, <laughs> he did. Corn dogs. <laughs> corn, oh, yeah, chili dogs, corn dogs, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, not inspired by Dean's nutritional practices, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> what, what's it like going from supported to supporter? Oh, my gosh. It's, it, I think it's, a, it's an experience that anyone should have, whether it's in the endurance world or outside in life. So what was it like? I would say that when I was, a, when I was running across Australia, my husband was with me every day, and I got to see him struggle in ways that I've never seen my husband struggle, like mentally, emotionally, and physically all at the same time. And so for me to realize, oh, my gosh, he's out here for me, like it's it's no brainer to be able to reciprocate that or to give everything that I have to the person who loves me so much and anyone out there who's just wishing to follow a dream because I know what it feels like to be supported. So no question, my hat's down for anyone who really wants support in their dream. So it was awesome. And he didn't live totally off of, of corn dogs. It was like one or two a day. The joys of social media. Huh? I went yeah. out and bought corn dogs and almost died. Uh, <laughs> So now we we focus on the race, 1,000 Miles to Light. Um, It's a team relay. Has there been – what's the team environment like? I mean, you're now all together. The band's back together. What's it like within Team USA? And it seems like a big family, but do you think when it's go time, people suffer or Mm. it's a family run? Tell me. Well, I guess I'll just share with you my perceptions and – I think I'll just start with my why for being here because it might tie everything together. My why for being here is to be part of a team because I've missed it so much the last decade of my life. I want to be part of community and I want to be part of this team. And so I think with that heart coming into it, I've only really seen the cohesiveness of Team USA. And so from that perspective, I see what I want. And I've seen these strangers coming together. Like I've known Dean for 10 years through email, but I've never met him. And Sam and I feel like sisters and we've never met each other. And Shan is just like my husband and his demeanor. And so I love him. And so it's, I just love coming together as a team. And I have no doubt that we are going to pull this thing off with joy, with joy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you couldn't have, thank you all. I mean, we'll be, uh, we'll be, covering you throughout the race i think you you'd be hard pressed to find three more different yet insightful people so we look forward to actually covering the race hearing your insights when you're um tired less tired and more tired and um thanks for coming guys thank you thanks guys so this is a thousand miles for light signing off and we will see you on the trails